Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds on KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cocciolillo, and today we have returning Ed the Pagan from Witch School, and we're going to talk about a whole bunch of other projects that he has going on. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate having you, uh, having me again. It was, it's always a lot of fun. Yeah, it's great. Um, like I know, last time we 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 talked a lot about like techno magic and, and some things like that. And um, just before the episode, just before we uh, started recording, we were talking about so many other outlets that you have created, um, like the Magic TV and Witch School and, and everything else that you have going on. Uh, would you like to give my my listeners like an overview of some of these other projects you have? So yeah, I can I'm happy to do that. So I'm a big believer in building in the internet and building platforms. So yeah, um, for me, it was 1998, the Daily Spell newsletters, uh, which goes 2001, 2005, uh, we started uh, Magic TV. We actually had a small television station and we were in the first, uh, within, uh, within the first eight months of uh, YouTube, we t- got a YouTube channel, which we still have today, Magic TV. And that films festivals, that films interviews. We have some six to 7,000 hours of uh, kind of pagan programming on that site, the largest in there. Then in 2009, we did uh, Pagan's Night Radio, which lasted most of 10 years as a seven day, a six to seven day a week uh, radio station with all sorts. If you want to listen to the pagan world, it's the voice of the pagan world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we've done that. We just finished the rebuild at Witch School. And now I'm this summer, we've been doing CEM broadcasting, which is kind of uh, we were helping all the festivals go online. Uh-huh. But all of it culminates to my final project, which is the Pagan Web, uh, the Pagan Dot World. The idea of a, really a collective resource where you can be able to find anything that you want in the Pagan World. So local groups can uh, advertise for people to send their rituals, both physical and online. Shops need to help. The whole culture needs to kind of you know get more uh, internet savvy, and we're going to help them with uh, by early next year. We're going to start uh, pretty soon, and we're going to do so. Um, we're going to be able to bring any sort of information into a, like a master directory is the best way to describe it for people. Oh, there was wow. a site called was people. There was a site called Witchbox which did it, uh-huh. but they retired. They retired. So everything 2020, uh, they retired on December 31st, 2019, the site. And uh, everybody thought, well, we'd be okay. Facebook and everything else. But people don't realize the value of a centralized directory. And so uh-huh. we're rebuilding it. I'm just rebuilding it. Will, will people have to pay to be in a directory or is it uh, going to be free or is it going to be by donations? How's it going to work? Um, so right now what we're going to do is everybody can sign up for free, ba- create a basic listing, create a basic listing for your store. So like which goal, like which goal, uh, as we talked about before, it has like 35 free classes. We're going to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody can get benefit of it, but we're going to also give uh, higher rank accounts to handle more of the internet. So for like $10, you can get an enhanced, we're going to have like a $10 annual fee, which is, I think, who's going to support it. Um, it's going to be like, you can get a little bit of an enhanced thing. So you get a sponsor list and, and you get listed on top of the basic listings. So uh-huh. Just kind of like Google, just like Google does. So we're going to have, take a lot of that model. It's, it's completely free to use. It's going to be completely free to register. And then we're going to offer additional services, including 
uh, ability to give you some pod podcasting space on our Pagan World news page. Oh, um, wow. Zoom, Zoom accounts. So we're going to have access so you don't have to buy a whole Zoom account. You can use it for two hours. Uh -huh. So we're going to have a lot of those more expensive services because we're at scale. We can give them out and let people use them way cheaper as a group than as an individual. Cool. Um, so, so like, say, like, I wanted to be on this directory, would I be able to? And like, how would I be able to, you know, you know, like, like make a donation, like to have like a banner or something like that on there? So we're gonna have scale. So you sign up as a basic member, mm -hmm. and then yeah, you can enhance. And we're gonna have basically for about a hundred dollars a year, we're gonna have an advertising package for you so not only would your show show up like you would be able to get into the menus of what's on today um so you'd be able to constantly feed these uh dynamic scheduling and depending on how people look at it like if see people want to know um one of the things i think people don't understand is how far the how advanced the internet's become mm -hmm. so i'm building the next step and what it is so we'll have a page that says oh i want to know what podcasts are playing today and they go oh well everything imaginable is playing today because you've put it into the system or these scrapers too. And then you uh -huh. push the button and you can get there. We're going to make, our goal isn't to generate people into getting information and making this the end stop. We're making this site the pass through. Right. So uh, it's going to be more of a funnel so it can pass through so you can get the information you want. And then we're going to have probably up to, we're going to have a, we're going to have a 500 or a thousand dollar a year sponsor for people who can afford it. And they'll get the typical usual sort of uh, advertising. So it's going to have advertising on it. Cool. Pagan-based advertising. And they're going to pay for that. But for the average user, the average small group, no. It's a basic or $10 or $20 or $50, depending on how much services you want with that. Mm -hmm. But at the basic core, it's going to be a free service to this community to be able to locate people in their area. Wow. See, something like that would be, like, perfect for a show like mine. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, they, and it might even save me some time. Like, every morning, I must spend two or three hours just posting links and Facebook groups. <laughs> oh, let's be honest. To, to be successful in today's world, you have to work really hard. It isn't, you know, everybody has got this weird idea of how the internet works and that it's, you know, like you put something up and everybody's going to notice. They don't understand how empty it is. When I tell people like it's still cheap to advertise, there's still lots of room for organics, but also how hard it is to grab that attention. You know, because there is still so much. There's still both. And so it's a real paradox of the Internet right now. I don't think we've even gotten started in a lot of ways, but it's still kind of crowded. Hmm? Um, when, when is this site going to be up? So we're going to start an Indiegogo campaign at 1221 for a lot of the initial people. Um, I've got Oberon Zell who's going to be our spokesman for it. Um, at that point, we'll start gathering some data. And then on February, Lamas, our happy holiday, and we're going to have it open um and what we would call the the beta and then by may 1st we're hoping to have it in full operation wow fantastic uh, yeah and we've been working three years and uh so you'll start seeing stuff even by the end of the year we'll start showing a little bits here and there but it's going to take us about five it's going to take us about six weeks to finish it i've been working on it for three years so this isn't like from a new project uh -huh. um it just is so like all things, timing is important. I tried this three years ago and people weren't that interested. There were other sites and people were all meeting each other. It was the loss, what compelled this project more than anything else that at this time is that the loss of human contact this year and all the festivals were going and people want to contact each other. 
and the sense of we're going to be in the same position for about another year. And so people want to know, well, what are you going to do afterwards? So this is a real pivot point. I tell the world this is a very pivot point, not just for the banking community, but for all of us, because we've now ingested the Internet in a way that most people don't realize. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It is also, I think, opens up opportunities you know, for little guys like me to have some affordable means of marketing. So, yes, and that's what I'm doing here. We're taking out the middleman. The internet takes out the middleman, period. Um, it always does. It allows you to go directly to your consumers. Now, it's still harder to get to your consumers, but we've given, we're, we're taking away the gatekeepers. And that's true in the pagan community as well. You know, it, it was very difficult to get a book published. Now it's easy. It's instantaneous if you want it to be. Yeah. Um, you want to do podcasting. Well, it's fairly affordable from $0 to you can spend some money on it. Right. You want to, you want to create a radio stream. It happens. If you want to do a blog, you can talk to your people. So we've now made distribution near zero cost through these systems. Um, so now it's talent and uh -huh. talent can, now it's about talent and who you can reach. And that's a big thing. Um, I know I get from a lot of podcasters, you know, like I've only done 158, you know, downloads, which is the average download for 50% of all podcasts Oof. for show. Really? Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I get that. I get about 250 a day right, right now. So, I mean, I'm still growing. So the average 10 percenter has got three, gets 3000 downloads for their show. Um, this is what people want to know. If they really want to know if they're being successful, 3,000 episodes per show in a 30-day period, it makes that in close to the top 10%. Right. It puts it into the top 10%. Mm -hmm. it, so we, we, we don't understand how much we've fractionalized our attention and that we've made very small audiences viable and fun. But then yeah. everybody always imagines it against the great old days when we had broadcast television, broadcast radio which got us millions because everybody mm -hmm. needs a place to put their attention. And there wasn't that many opportunities. So this, this is a topic that, that came up last night with one of my other guests. Mm -hmm. um, have you ever considered creating just a full fledged media company with a whole bunch of little guys, you know, podcasts, video documentaries, That's like just, everything all into like one network and then like have like an app that people could put on their TV or phone. Pagan world. It is. That's exactly what it is. I've always been a media company. I learned. So on um, people don't understand media. I've always been a media uh, since I started back way even earlier than this, when I did magazines and everything else as a pagan and a witch, it was impossible, almost impossible to get good press period. Not from the mainstream. Remember, when I started '90s, we're still in the television, the text, you know, the print, magazine, radio, television networks. Cable was in, so you had more options, but you had right. to send out press release. You had to get the mainstream media to pay attention to you. And this is one of those tragic things people don't realize what's happened to them. So, if you can get down there, you should broadcast. Well, I never believed in that. I believe in the statement that to to have a free press, you have to own the press. I mean, that's what our constitution says. That's what our law says. So I, yes. and I actually was one, I'm actually for a long time, I was actually a registered freelance a AP reporter. Um, so we've always been putting out magazines and press 
Uh, Magic TV is its own documentary center, the Pegasus Night Radio. Now I'm trying to bring it all together, not just for me, but for everybody into a singular page where you can find all of this material because there's literally 12, 15,000. But everybody's a media company, period. I don't care what your company is doing. Mm -hmm. You're a media company if you're, if you're dealing with the public, period. Right. Yeah, I, I kind of consider myself like, you know, starting out in the, you know in the media world like mm -hmm. i mean i consider myself more of a content creator because that's what i do most of i create content and i market it right so what makes a media company different than just a content creator right there's a we're both but the distinction is is how much how much do you pay attention to your distribution Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's what makes you a media company. Do you pay yourself amateur or professional? Do you pay attention, not just to your content, but to your distribution? Mm -hmm. And most people try to, Oh, I just put it up on YouTube. Great. That's a great start. Oh, I put it up on Facebook <laughs> right. live. That's terrific. That's a great start. Um, but are you putting out content and distributing it to all the channels that you can? And they go, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Three, four, five hours a day sometimes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, that sort of thing. But that's what makes you a media company is that you're going out and meeting the needs of your audience. Uh -huh. And a lot of people just, and a lot of people, of course, it's, it's they think of it as buying a lottery ticket. So I put up a great video. And they think that lottery ticket is going to come on and, and scrape you to a million, a million views. Now, I've never had a video go million views. I've had memes go into two and three million. I've never had a video. But they think that that's going to happen and build it. In fact, most of the videos we put out only get about 500 to 1,000 views most of the time. Uh -huh. We have ones that have gone over 100,000, but that grind of a daily basis has really gained us a great reputation. We get the interviews we want. We can do whatever we want. We can you know, get students, and we have these sort of people who can go back and look at it at any time. So I think for most people, they're not willing to put in the time and the grind. Like yourself, you're doing shows every week. You're doing a lot of shows. Oh, actually, I do every, every day. Oh, do you? Wow. Yeah, yeah, I put out well, I put out five episodes a week. I've been and, saying that. And, and I work full time. And, yeah. and, and you know, I, I get up at like four o'clock in the morning and I and I post my episode and I spend a couple hours posting and you know I've been listening to some on my days off. I, I'm like like today, I'm recording four episodes, tomorrow I'll work core three, then I go back to work. And and you may have to do this for a little while. I mean, before it really you know gets uh, you know, well, it has, yeah, it already has panned out. You know, like I said, like yeah. I'm doing easily over a thousand downloads a week. Sometimes, you know, averaging probably two fifty a day, two hundred. Yeah, and, and my growth has been really steady. You know, like if you look at my trajectory, it goes mm -hmm. up. You know, um, like it did drop during the election, of course. That freaking sucked, and I know it's going to drop for the holidays, but. Oh, know, I think Janu January, February, and March, they're going to be the real test. But I think as long as I'm consistent, mm -hmm. I'll make it into the top 10. Sure. Um, and, and that's what it takes. So, so that's the attitude to take and everything else. And so what I think that most people, so one of the things, Pagan World is going to be literally the directory to all these different media companies. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to believe in the world of the, um, the meta where you know we need to start looking at because we're about to shift our so people don't realize i've been through the internet several iterations of the internet several times now i started out in the CompuServe world <laughs> me too um, you know hey if people don't if you don't want to mean it means 
the height of the internet was that was forums and bulletin boards. Yes. And if you get and you pay by the minute there. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. And you yeah. Used, you did. We paid by 10 hours. It was two dollars and fifty cents an hour. Hmm? Yeah. To be on the internet. And then every time there's an iteration, I've been there. You know, we've changed every time. I was the email person. And when emails came in, that was great. And then when email list came in, that was terrific. And then we had, uh, you know, YouTube, and then we had Ning. People who don't remember Ning was like building right before Facebook got, you know, really big. It was a way you can build your own mini Facebook. And then Facebook and Instagram and now TikTok. But the next iteration that's coming, and it's a really important one, is that we're going to become, we're going to have an assistant here. People don't believe me when I say it, but within two years, we're going to have a cyber spirit that kind of goes out there and, and, and does our sorting for us and, and hmm. offer us the news and everything. And you can't, when it happens, when these changes happen, you can't say, oh, everything's changing. I need to catch up. It's like, it's, it really is important to get ahead of it. And, and that's the thing that we've done a lot of, is, uh, I've been capable of, is getting ahead of the trends. Uh-huh. And making sure when the trends hit, that we're there to help. This year it was being in Zoom. I've been on Zoom for a couple of years. Everybody thinks Zoom came out of nowhere, but it, it's been around for almost 10 years. Um, it was just a very big and most people difficult program and they fixed it and they fixed it. And they basically have been working on the business side. Who needs meetings? Not the average person. Right. Today, Zoom is a very different type of company. Hmm? It's an instantaneous transportation company, a multi-use tool. I've used it as a broadcast studio. I've used it as workshops. I've used it as festivals and I've used it to talk to my grandchildren. Hmm? Absolutely. And, and most importantly, I used it as a psychic fair, to back a psychic fair that we did in October oh, that's cool. to help people. That's great. So, so Zoom is more an instant transportation company than it is a communication company. It takes you, it's going to do more damage to the industries. And so we're seeing this industry where we're about to see our internet be blended with our televisions. And we're, it's very George Jetson. If you ever take a look at what happened to the George Jetsons, you know, how they use their phones and everything. Right. We're using it just like the George, the Jetsons did. Hmm? That's true. Um, do, do you think um, there'll be a point where a company like yours, you know, with, with you know, obviously working with like little guys like me and other people, um, have a chance at competing with mainstream media? Oh, sure. Absolutely. We already are competing against mainstream media. Hmm? Um. It's just, we don't, so the question comes down, what are going to be your acceptable numbers? That's it. What numbers are going to be acceptable to you? And, and what are you going to satisfy? So I tell people who do speaking for, for a living and we go out to festivals and everything else. It says, if you get 50 to hundred people in your audience, you usually feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Right. And if you have 200 people, you feel, you know, unless depending who you are as a speaker, you feel great about that. Right. Right. But why would you feel less great if that's happening on the internet? Why? What's the difference? And they will make up a bunch of excuses, you know, that said it's different, but it's not. Right. People on the internet are not paying attention to the value of small numbers, the value of small individuals in the way they would have done it in a pre or a physical world. So they feel like they have to get thousands to be as viable as if they were talking to 20 people. And that's right. a silly myth. 
If you're content, if you're doing 250 downloads a day like you're doing, that's wow. a fantastic lot of people. If you were doing that at a festival, you'd be like thrilled. Hmm? Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, and so I think people undervalue their audiences tremendously. And so, and then we have we have right now we have a few young witches who are now reaching a million people on TikTok and and Instagram. They just are. They're talking beauty. They're talking magic. Right now, think the stuff that I'm talking about are producing over a billion views a day, but it's so scattered out that most people don't recognize it. Hmm? And so that's one thing I'm seeing is that we have to have, uh, I'm hoping to have the ability to um, get them to be able to function in a way so that we can get more shared traffic. Hmm? Makes and that's great. what it is. That's awesome. And so it isn't about getting one big media company, which everybody's trying, mm -hmm. but it's getting aggregates of smaller companies or smaller groups and smaller individuals to kind of work together to create this sort of culture. And it's hard because we're competitive. We're all competitive. So we want ours to be the best. So it's hard to be cooperative with somebody that's very similar to you and wants them to do well too. That's human instinct. And that's the hardest thing in the world about the internet. Mm -hmm. In communications i it's suppose because like like for like my podcast you know um mm -hmm. i've actually i'm actually surprised at like how many of us actually work together and we, we communicate we share information we'll share guests we'll jump on each other's shows you know mm -hmm. so like, like long as we're kind of promoting each other and helping each other you know to an equal amount Mm -hmm. it, 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 we, we help each other grow and help more information get out, which is like right. everybody's main goal is to like, at least like in the type of podcast that I have, the, you know, the main goal is to get information out that a lot of people are not going to be exposed to through mainstream media. So I actually have an analogy to this. I've used it with pagan leaders and leadership of all kinds. There's two distinct in music industry, there became two distinct styles of delivering and distributing materials. Let's not talk about how we actually do it, but how we produce it. For the longest time, we produced the idea of the rock band. Four, five, six people, three people. They perform, they perform together all the time. They control all of their brand, they control all of their thing, and they're competing as hard as they can. They get their own concerts, they get their own things, they get their own distributors, and they're technically competing against every other big band out there. And sure, they will then figure out how to get somebody to do their opening, they'll get their closing, but that band is made on its own distinction. And that it went from being poor garage bands now to being the big global Aerosmith flying the plane type of attitude. But it was still about the individual band. And when those band members could no longer tolerate each other, they dispersed and new bands filled in. What's the real model of the one that took us out of poverty in the music industry is hip hop. And hip hop forms temporary groups, even permanent groups, but they allow the artists to move from group to group and they can go solo. They can do other things. They can share places. They shared their audiences together on stage. So the question becomes, are you a rock star and want a rock group, which is great? Or if you don't have a lot of money, is it better to be on everybody's mixtapes? Are you better off in the hip hop mode 
of sharing your audience and sharing, you know, rapping with it. And like you said, we, there's a lot of podcasts. We jump on each other. You know, we can, I haven't very much. I've been uh, mostly, uh, uh, I'm mostly a director. I try to get other voices out there. I very, actually very rarely talk and it's been very interesting. Hmm? But this wow. idea of, um, yeah, I'm much more the architect. I like to listen to other people. Um, but the idea then, like hip hop, is that we share these audiences. We we build up, and and soon we see it just as big. Even the average, some of the biggest hip hop stars did better than any of the big rock stars. Jay Z did better financially than Beatles ever did. Hmm? True. You know what I'm saying? So this idea of shared market, the shared audience, is a really powerful one. Hmm? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, because mm -hmm. we're able to, you know, do as a group what we can't do as, as individuals. Right. And and we can, and that's the whole thing. Whereas the old model was you let somebody do it for you. You signed up on a record label. Uh, for, a pop, for a radio guy, you signed up to a network. You got mm -hmm. somebody to give you time. <coughs> Excuse me. We got somebody to give you time on the air. You did your best, and then you had to go through a syndication system, see if they will pick you up, and then each station had to make a decision of if they were to pick you up. And that only made for maybe 300 to 500 shows. I was in that market for a little while in the 90s. Uh -huh. And that means three to 500 shows make it. Today, there's a million podcasts. There's a difference. Yes. And and each person makes their own decision. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like I would say my, my experience with podcasting is um, – I would say out of that million, though, maybe 200,000 are consistent real podcasts. More or less, that's what we're finding out. Because um, there's a lot of them out there that are like on those free type of like, like Anchor and stuff like that. And it's mm -hmm. just some kid with like one or two episodes. Oh, sure. I mentioned that 158 downloads means 50% or half a million don't reach that number. Hmm? Right. Maybe even a little bit more. No, of course not. Um, they're saying there's probably 175,000. You're right. You're right. The numbers are right in there, about 175,000 active shows. And they mentioned an active show is produce a show once a month. Hmm? So very few people are actually. So that's like everything else. So it's, it's the most bizarre thing I said. Did you know if you make more under a thousand dollars on etsy you're you are doing is if you make a thousand dollars on etsy in a year you're doing as well as 80 percent of the people on etsy <laughs> only 20 only 20 so this is the 80 20 rule no matter what industry you get 80 percent of the people are just playing at it aren't doing that well with it or they're just kind of try at it hmm? and 20 percent are doing the real work hmm? yeah um and that's been a real thing for me is that so I've built a lot of long-term projects. So people don't, you know, Witch School's 20th anniversary, Magic TV is the 15th anniversary, To Vegas Tonight, which still broadcasts on an irregular basis, specials and things like that, has been around 11 years. Mm -hmm. um, I try to build for the long-term because people over, I mean, Anthony Robbins says, it, we overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in a decade. And oh my God, you can move the world in 25, but people aren't patient. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and also, I think, like, for me, some of it's been a, a simple numbers game. You know, I, I saw my mm -hmm. numbers when I was getting when I was doing, like, one episode a week, you know, and I said, all right, I'm going to double it and see if my numbers double. And it did. 
Mm-hmm. So, so I said, you know what? And, and I also noticed that because the podcast is up all the time, it works like on demand. So simply, the consistency just keeps building. Yes, and people people don't. So there's a huge behavior. Anyone who's listening has a podcast. I don't care what type of podcast it is. Once you catch somebody, let's say today, um, I'm having guests on it. We put it on. We you put this out, and then like before, I. We share it and everything else. And you get one individual. See, nobody understands the value of a one member of your audience, right? Just right. one member of your audience. They will go in there. They'll listen to what you said. And go, well, that's really good. They will then, you know, subscribe through either, you know, Apple or podcasts or Spotify or any number of the services that people are on. And then they will go look back for other shows and they will then binge on your shows. Yeah. And so then they binge on your shows. They really get to understand you. And then they make sure that they see the subscription every day. And if you win the game, which, you know, sometimes you do, they'll listen to you on a regular basis. Hmm? Right. And people don't understand the. there's a big behavior change and it's called binging. In the last 10 years, we've seen us go from um, the old fashioned, you know, listen, like I did every day, I had to be listening to WSOM, you had to be tuned in, you know, I loved Gary Meyer uh-huh. and Ro Khan in the afternoons. But you had to be there to listen. And if you missed it, screw it. Now, this is all changed without binging. This is a big change that most people who are into these types of entertainments don't understand what the value of binging. And yeah. encourage them. Hmm? Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I think, too, is uh, I mean, a mistake that I just think like other podcasters mm-hmm. make mm-hmm. is um, they, they neglect that. And a lot of their content is like time sensitive, you know, like, like they're doing like, you know, op-eds on the news and stuff like that but it's only going to be people are going to listen to it for like maybe a week or two while it's actually happening and then after that it's just like it's garbage you know it's, it's the past nobody's going to listen to it where if you create content where people are giving knowledge it's completely different people go back and listen to it they can still get a lot from your previous episodes and content so yeah and the news ones are good for us so we have some new shows that are that way and people have gone back to them you know it, it depends on your audience so so mm-hmm. I, I i like news shows but you're right it's more of an immediate audience and maybe a little bit of historical you know some people may go back to old shows for historical purposes mm-hmm. but evergreen shows or shows that are evergreen are really important we also do a lot and and so one of the values I've got with uh, one of the radio, uh, Pagans Tonight, one of the projects, um, and yes, I, I, is that we've got interviews with people who are no longer with us. They've passed from this world. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, I love those. Yeah, so people don't understand. So you think, and this is where I'm going to tell people, money is no longer gold-based. Money is no longer even fiat. We're leaving fiat now. Hmm? And if people don't know what that means, it means that the way that we see money is changing. Right now, it's backed by the goodwill of governments. It's backed by the goodwill of of our belief in money. Money is the biggest singular magical belief we have. It's you know, there's no reason for us to actually share pieces of paper, you know, that have a value on them and actually have them mean anything other than our own ability to imagine and accept it. Hmm? And that's fiat money. Before that, we would say gold and silver was there. So we believe that gold and silver had value, even though there's no, you can't eat gold or silver, but we all accepted that it had value. Now we're accepting that information has power. 
Hmm? So every podcast people are creating is like mining gold for the future. It may be only worth, when that gold came out of the ground, it was worth $10 an ounce, $5 an ounce. Hmm? And it's cheap. But today, it's $1,600. The information we're collecting today will all become more valuable as time goes on. And people don't recognize that. Mm -hmm. and, and all currency, all value is going to become informational. What information you can exchange, what resource can you exchange for cash, and it'll be handled in a digital world. So getting interviews and doing this work not only is good for today, but it gives you that powerful archive, that powerful copyright, that powerful ability to have information that people may want in the future. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like if some of the people that I've interviewed is it, almost kind of like the um, like the dead rock star thing, you know, like, like if somebody I interviewed passes away, dies, all of a sudden, all that's left mm -hmm. is like those interviews that that person did. And everybody all of a sudden wants to go back and, and listen to that stuff. And, and, and let me tell you, it's like any good painting. So there's a lot of American art that was bought in the late 1800s, which was considered crap for by most people for 50 years. Then all of a sudden people liked it again. So, so your podcasts are like American folk art. You know, it may not seem like very much right now. It may seem primitive and proof. But there's going to be a day where people are going to see it with nostalgic and, and, and want it. And it'll be continue to be valuable. Um, we're going to be the most we're we're going to be the beginning of a new civilization, a new culture. Let's just be perfectly honest, because we're the most photographed generation yet. And then from here on out, everybody's going to be more photographed. Everybody's going to have more of this digital. But not if you go too much in the past of us, say the 90s, there won't be. It'll be like the dark ages. It'll be like prehistory. There is the internet is going to make a prehistory moment out of the rest of history. And we just won't see it for another generation. But understand, we're in the same position as the we're in the Gutenberg generation when the Gutenberg press started to put out books. Right. And I mean, we're, and those books are now valuable extremely. But at the time, they were valuable, but people didn't realize how valuable they would become. No one knows the work they're doing today on the internet, how valuable it's going to become. Hmm? I better back up all my podcasts. Oh, and especially now, because there's going to be a there's going to be a wipeout of memory. Uh, so Google has announced it. Apple's going to be announcing it here in a couple of weeks. Uh, a number of them are going to be cutting back. Uh, Google's already announced it in India and others. If you have a Google uh, Drive account that's more uh -huh. than two years old and don't see activity, they're going to erase it. Hmm. Hmm? Look it up, June next year. Yeah, yeah. I saw something about that with the Google Drive. I got the email from it. So as our economy softens a little bit, these guys don't want to keep buying memory. They've been subsidizing all of us for memory. So backing up everything is crucially important. Let me tell you, as an experienced person who's seen my sites wiped out, seen you know, GeoCities wiped out, now Yahoo groups have been wiped out. I mean, groups get, you know, Yahoo News has wiped out a lot of their services. Google's going to wipe out a lot of their free services. It always happens. Remember, everybody who's ever big starts you on a free service and moves you to a paid service. Right. And they, they sign you up for free and hope that you move to paid service. And a few of them, like Twitter uh -huh. and Facebook, were able to monetize it enough. They're advertising. They didn't have to start charging people or adding services for people. They were able to get it from their advertisers. Google, on the other hand, a lot of these services are giving. They're not been able to monetize, so they're now trying to pressure it by erasing, by erasing memories. By erasing memories. Remember, when they erase your hard drive, you're erasing your memories. This is all memories work. 
And as a magical person, I see this very much as memory work. They say, oh, you haven't been on your account for two years. Well, yeah, but I get all those pictures on there. Well, either you have to remove them to your own server, which you should do, or you're going to have to buy services. Hmm? Yeah. The internet, so the, the cheapness of the internet, the internet is never going to be cheaper than it is today. Everything on the internet is never going to be cheaper than it is today. Hmm? Yeah, I had to figure something. You know, it's kind of funny because, like, I mean, I pay for hosting for my podcast. And that's where all my podcasts Mm-hmm. Are up. I do too. But but I had uh you know all my um you know my my raw data on my computer on two computers. And uh, I read that two weeks ago, yeah, about two weeks ago, uh Apple came out with this the, the big serve sir upgrade. It wiped out both my computers and everything on them. So mm-hmm. I lost all those files, all my podcasts I ever recorded, everything gone. You know, except for like what's up on my hosting site, which is just MP3s. And I emailed them to see if I could just download it all. And they're like, no, you have to download each one individually. And I'm like, oh, geez. Absolutely. And, and then I got to find something to store them all on. <laughs> well, and that's where it gets me back to the Pagan World Project. I don't want this history erased. So for me, and I think this is going to be true of other co- types of communities, but for us, I'm not, we talk about local connections and everything, but the real backup is that we're going to have um, several, I'm going to try to get a pentabyte. Yes, people, pentabyte of memory system attached to it so that people can start using this as a permanent record. Mm-hmm. Because because I talked about it before, because one of the biggest issues I've got is uh, Necrotech, your digital aura. I talk very much about the energy we put out there. But we have ghosts on the internet. You have ghosts of Facebook, people who died, whose accounts still exist. Um, you have remnants, email addresses, which is the most dangerous thing in the world. If you pass away with an email account and nobody's paying attention to it, there's been a, there's a big con out of Russia. And that is they hunt people who are, they look for obituaries, look for their email addresses, try to crack them open, get to their bank accounts and steal the account money that's sitting there or order credit cards, to the maximum amount of credit. Hmm? And no one's paying attention to it because Grandma passed away. Well, nobody took to look at her emails, which is often attached to her bank accounts, her credit cards, and other things. Hmm? Right. And the families get robbed. People are not taking. It. So for me, the same as because I deal with a lot with death, people passing away. As a religious leader, I'm telling them you need to take care of your digital side too, and that's going to be very important because all of this information, if you don't leave it to somebody else, the corporations are going to suck it up and use it for mm-hmm. themselves. Hmm? So, so what is your take on um, cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and stuff like that? Do you think that that's what's going to replace regular money? Is that going to have value? Or, or is it just some kind of weird oh, trend? Oh, no, we're way past that. People don't even know it. So let's stop talking cryptocurrency, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's talk blockchain, Okay. It would be like talking, talking cryptocurrency. Bitcoin is still going to remain there. It's always going to be the gold of, you know, it's going to be like gold and it sits in people's accounts. It'll be a token just like gold is, but you can't go out and spend gold easily. You just can't. You have to go exchange it. You can't take a gold coin to a, uh, to a, a, to a grocer unless that grocer has a taste for gold and willing to look it up and make that exchange. There's no way it's not legal currency. Hmm? So Bitcoin is going to be the gold of it. And some of the Ethereum's are. But blockchain is a different story. We already have corporate currency. Sony has an internal corporate currency based on blockchain. 
so that they can do all their accounting across all their platforms in a singular currency that gets converted back into the local currency in the country they're working with. So in order to manage all of their records, they have their own currency. Now it doesn't go outside of Sony, but it acts as a currency within the company. Right. China has just announced that they're going to put their currency in digital. Sweden has announced that they're ending all currency, physical currency by 2030. So yeah, we're going, yes, absolutely. We're going into a currency world. It'll be the same as it is ours. We'll have multiple currencies and some will be worth something and some, some won't. But you won't tell the difference because you already use a credit card all the time. So it doesn't matter if that currency is physical or digital. Hmm? Right. It's, it's kind of funny because like, you know, sometimes they like, all go to places and, you know, like, you know, they'll, they'll ask for like a cash donation. And I'm like, I just never, I don't even carry cash anymore. And nope. And a company last year, early last year, started giving out, uh, started selling to uh, not-for-profits. Um, Stripe. That's it. Is it Stripe or Square? Square. Square. No, Stripe. It was Stripe. Stripe is the one who's doing, and they're giving to charities a small box where people can make a donation, either a set price that's set on the box, or they can actually type it in with touch cards. You know, you, mm -hmm. you touch your card on it, and you can make a donation so fast. You either swipe it or touch it, and uh, charities are using them as a what they call them Salvation Army buckets, electronic version of it. <clears throat> yeah. Interesting. So that you're gonna, so you're gonna see, so. Digital currency has been with us since the 1970s. Okay. Once mm -hmm. we started opening up the credit card industry, the credit card has been nothing. There is no cash behind any of the credit cards. Never has been. So what everybody's really talking about is how technology is taking things we've already built and made them better. Just like podcasts made radio better, digital currencies, blockchain is making credit cards better. Mm -hmm. hmm? Interesting. But, well, it is... Um... Mm -hmm. Would you consider like content and data sort of the new gold? Yes, absolutely. Because of the copyright laws. So buying URLs is buying language. Okay. It's a, so it's a poor man's trademark. Trademarks yeah. literally say, I can't monetize. I can never go out and say, just do it. I might be able to do it in a speech or do it in a thing, but I can't go out and write a book called just do it. I'm going to be finging on a trademark. I cannot use that language. Hmm? Uh -huh. Nike can. Hmm? And if I use a fancy you know, check mark as my logo, I can get sued over that. Hmm? Because the ownership of trademark, and that's only going to increase. Um, it's harder and harder. Marvel owns more trademarks than comic book heroes than ever. And if you told them, and this is one thing, that's, this is where brilliance uh, uh, Lee and all of them of that industry was they every time they made a new cartoon character they spent seven hundred fifty dollars to trademark it. How much is those characters worth today? <laughs> okay, photographs. People sell photographs for thousands of dollars that are exclusively theirs. Photographs you take, even with your cell phone, are yours. Mm -hmm. So those might be valuable. Yes, the majority of the information probably won't be valuable. Just like the majority of books are not valuable, even if they're a hundred years old but you don't know what you're going to produce that is going to be valuable. What if you were the one who took the, one of the five pictures of Billy the Kid? They just found a new one last year. It was worth $200,000. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of like also recently somebody they, they found a new photo of Robert Johnson, the blues guy. And that's worth... <laughs> yeah. And the, rights, and the rights to use your photographs or your rights to use your content is your family legacy now. What yeah. if suddenly, you know... For me, um, and, and so let me go ahead and talk about hyper-reality. 
which is a magical concept. And it's also uh, John Bullard is what do we consider valuable? And the truth is the only things that are really real is the intake of food, having a house, having a roof over your head, making sure you're secure, safe, and warm. And that your family is the same place. That's all that's real in this world. Hmm? Gravity, that sort of thing. That's all that's real. Mm-hmm. Everything else is about making sure we have enough food and everything else. Everything else is about how we deal with the reality. Hmm? We take trees and turn them into dressers, right? That was a right. big, huge jump. I mean, it was hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of years jump in thought. It took a long time to get there. And now it seems so casual to us. Yeah, we can, you know, now we're making dressers out of metal. We can make dressers out of almost anything. But it took us tens of thousands of years to get there. Hmm? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So people don't realize how valuable of what we're doing now. Hmm? There's going to be code that's going to be like 50 years from now. Go, I don't know that. What language was that made in? COBOL. Oh, my God. Does we know any answer <laughs> linguist that knows COBOL? Hmm? How about electronic archaeologists? Like, oh, I want to study uh, early 20th century. Okay. They're going to do it through the internet. And then find out where the mechanical devices are. Remember, we're, Oculus is going to put out 40 million devices this year on Facebook, which is going to start more VR. Within the next few years, more than 150, 200 million units of VR systems will be put out. And it's believed as much as a billion before the, by 2025. Hmm? Wow. You don't th- and you say, oh, wow, that's a lot. Same thing they did with cell phones. A little mm-hmm. bit faster, but the same thing they've done with cell phones. 15 years ago, 10 years ago, thinking everybody would carry around their external memory system uh, called a smartphone would have been unthinkable. A lot of people said, no, 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 no. Only the leading edge does. Today, goes, I would never use V. And everybody who said they would never use a smartphone, we use a smartphone, right. which, is a te- which is a telepathy device. I can talk to anyone, anywhere, anytime that I have their, connect- that I have their code. Be it a phone number, Skype, Zoom. I have a bunch of ways to use my phone to communicate with people anywhere in the world for practically nothing. And people like, that's the truth. Ten years ago, we were still paying long distance bills and our minutes were monitored. <laughs> and it was roaming charges. <laughs> and roaming charges. None of that, you know, you can get past all of that now in 10 years. So where do you think we're going to be with 10 years with VR? And that's something I tell people. People who are asking me, what's in business? What is, if I was in business, what would I be buying next? A list of skills. You don't think cell phones took over? What happens when everything is voice-based? Right. And then brand is important. Say, I want to listen to a podcast. They need to know your name in order to get that podcast. But once they get it, you go, I love everything imaginable. Um, I loved what I just heard. Can you tell me, do they have similar podcasts? And Alexa will go, yes, they do. Would you play one for me now? You know, when they get it, and then you go, instead of typing in or pushing a button, can you imagine saying, Alexa, next time everything imaginable plays, let me know. Hmm? Yeah. And, and actually, and then, Alexa can do that. Like, like I am now, on I am on the Amazon platform and Audible. Yeah. And I just got on Pandora. So imagine what happens when everything has a voice, everybody has a voice device in the house. We won't use our smartphones. We will use them with voice and imagine that. So then, then everything becomes automagical. And then the next step after that is that simply 
people will have, you know, this idea of it. So the same thing happens like a gallon of milk. Pretty soon we'll have it so that your gallon of milk. This year, 2020 really made this more possible. When you run out of groceries, your computer will, your voice-based computer will go, who's been monitoring your house, will say, oh, do you, do you want us to order your toothpaste? Yes. And if you don't tell them what the toothpaste you want, they'll order give you back the last toothpaste they gave you. And you won't have to think about it. And if you don't think you're going to lose this, I'm going to give you a, a quick mental exercise to tell you how many phone numbers do you remember and how many did you as a kid? Well, I would say now I probably remember <laughs> two. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I probably knew at least 20 or 30. Everybody you knew. You knew the telephone number of everybody that you considered a friend, right? Yeah. And we have allowed that to be completely erased from our memory and handed to an automated service. The only phone numbers we remember are the ones that are most vital to us. Your mother, people who've had a long-term number that you remember from a kid, or your emergency services. Every other phone number to your friends, and how many friends lose it, you go, oh my God, I've lost it. We have allowed us to move our numbers, telephone numbers, from our minds to an external service and allowing us to depend on it. And our minds, when they need that number, reach out to it and push a single button to get to that person. Do you think it would be possible? What would you think would happen? Say there was like a um, a huge sun flare and it just wiped out all our data completely. And we were unable to get it back. We'd be crying. We'd be, we'd make COVID look like a, 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 a tea party. Hmm? We would cry. We'd be, we're so dependent upon it. And, and, and it would be worse than the loss of the Library of Alexandria. Hmm? Yeah. It would be, it would be, we'd be in the dark ages again. Hmm? We'd, it'd be over. It'd be over. This civilization would be gone. This is the new civilization. We are now an industrial digital society, just like we became a print society, a language society. We were, we've passed the singularity on this. If we lost this, we'd, a lot of people would die. A lot of our automated system would die. It would be just, you know, if it happened, it would be just, it, it's an unimaginable apocalypse. Hmm? It's, it would be as bad as anything you've ever seen. Your medical systems would run. You don't have any medical systems. Oh, God, it would just be a disaster. Hmm? And uh, pretty much it would be a mob scene of like the lo fear of the living dead. Everything shut down. If you want to see what the fear of the living dead, take the zombies out. But that was what uh -huh. would happen. We'd kill each other. We'd hunt each other. Because we, we don't have enough, because the way the world works is that we really don't have enough supplies. And COVID's really showed us. We don't have enough supplies in the cities to last more than 30 or 40 days. Hmm? Take away the internet. How are we going to get those trucks in? Who can exchange the money? God, it would be devastating. Hmm? Yeah. And all it really does, it, all it would really take is, you know, like a sun flare or some kind of huge magnetic pulse to, to wipe it all out. Sure. If it's a class X solar flare hit us on the right space. Yeah, sure. Or gamma bursts from some of the uh, novas. Yeah, of course. Um, but on the other hand, did you know that Earth has an artificial force field around it created by all our electronics? No, I didn't know that. That's a true story. We, if you look it up, we have a, all the electronics in our universe, our world is now formed in the way the particles, the excess particles work. We've actually formed an electromagnetic shield around the Earth that actually helps with uh, those types of solar flares accidentally. So I don't think a lot of what was happening here, I think this is very much intentional in our society. Uh -huh. And um, I think that's very important. 
Um, I think that people don't realize that all of this electronics may be natural. It may be something that our Gaia mind is creating, making a planetary intelligence. Um, if you believe in evolution, if you really believe in evolution, and this is why people believe in apocalypses and God and things like that. Because if we really believe in evolution, then you have to realize we're just transitory beings. We're just another stage to whatever guy is trying to create. Right. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. if she doesn't, and if she doesn't like us or if something doesn't work, we get extinct. And they try with another direction. Mm -hmm. But they've already done it with ants. Ants, you know, we already had cities, you know, 50 million years ago. We had ant cities. Huge, tremendous. I mean, there was the master civilization a little more than 100, years, 100 million years ago. We had ant civilizations. And they're very similar today, but they couldn't get the individual intelligence, so they couldn't get past their cities. They couldn't fly. Mm -hmm. And so nature went back to try to figure out a flying version of the city. Hmm? And there we are. Hmm? Wow. I, do, I truly do, believe that. Do you, do you think some of this, you know, um, like last time we talked, we were talking about like uploading our consciousness into data. Yes. Do, do you think... Uh, like, like the net, like one of the possibilities for like space travel would be to, rather than sending the person, just send the data. Probably that's the most likely thing we're going to end up doing. I think that's why we don't see many of these things, unless there's a set of realities of warp speed and everything else. I do not think the human body, as a whole, will go between the between the worlds. Um, maybe genetic material. You know, that sort of thing. We can you know, have babies in the fetus, frozen embryo and egg situations or cloning systems. But mm -hmm. already we already have people who explore Mars and there's a delay in time. But we have people who sit inside and look through the eyes of the Mars rovers. We're going to have people who look through these eyes. Hmm? We're going to have very quickly. We're going to have surrogate bodies. And I think we're going to use those to do most of our space work. Hmm? We'll be in our nice little pods in space at space stations and things mm -hmm. like that. But most of the work will be robots. We're moving to a where humanity will use robots um, and put their minds into it. There's already a company, mm -hmm. uh, the X Prize for uh, the Avatar X Prize is already working on that. $8 million to somebody who can operate mentally a computer 100 kilometers away at any number of uh, assigned general tasks. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that's uh, by Nippon Air. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think that um, some like, the beings that we encounter on the astral plane, like you know, spirits, angels, demons, um, they're just forms of data? Well, that's the question: is is it all a form of data? Hmm? Everything. Yeah. Um, and the answer is yes. Ultimately, we're only a form of data. We're DNA combined with chemical actions and possibly a quantum consciousness. Could these all be quantum consciousness? Yes, I think they're all information. I think everything is information. I think everything's energy. Um, and I think this is going to be as big a difference as discovering that we had gravity. Um, I think this will be just as big as uh, Einstein's ability. I think we're about to make a big breakthrough, a huge breakthrough, realizing that the universe is more informational than we thought. Hmm? I think quantum computers are gonna break that open for us. I think we're about to see a it, and, and we cannot imagine the world of physics before uh, Einstein. We just, it's inconceivable to us to understand it because we are so much evolved behind it. We can't think that primitively anymore. Right. Every time we make these big discoveries, we lose the ability to see it from before the event. Imagine a car. Imagine not having a car. 
it's hard. You've never not been in time. What would it have been like? Now, I walk a lot, so I get a little bit of it, uh-huh. right? Imagine life without a cell phone. I tell people all the time. People want to put cell phones back in the past. Imagine watching an old, I love this, watching an old horror movie and saying, why aren't they using their phones? <laughs> hmm? That's right. It, 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 it was harder, it's harder to isolate the victims now with cell phones. Right. And, and, and so the old movies kind of look fake to us. It, it's hard for us to imagine how dangerous that was. How would that existed? You know, they cut the phone line. So they pick up the phone that had the tail and, and nobody can listen. But it's almost impossible for us to conceive what that would be like today for us. Hmm? Interesting. I'll give you another one that is more modern. I've seen a reaction to people who have taken and showed pictures from more than a year ago. And people ask, where's everybody's masks? If you see a picture without a mask, how uncomfortable do you get seeing pictures from more than a year ago? Hmm? Um, that don't have masks, that do have crowding, do everything wrong by our today's standards. Right. How queasy does that make you feel? How quick, and that's how quick our attitudes can change. Hmm? It's true. It's true. Hmm? It's weird. Right? Because a year ago. Everything changed so quickly, quicker than I've we, ever seen it. And we adapted that quick. Hmm? Like the other big change I think that happened with the, or that I picked up on too is, is just the use of cameras everywhere. You know, everything we do is on camera now. Sen- and, and, and it's about to get bigger. Sensors everywhere. More sensors. Yeah. Yeah, we're changing. So anyone who asks you says, what is the future going to look like? All you have to say, it's not going to look like it's now. It's going to be more informational, more data-driven, more magical. Because this is ultimately the answer. Arthur C. Clarke said it best. Any technology sufficiently advanced will seem like magic. And the colloquially is that any technology that doesn't seem like magic is not advanced enough. Hmm? Uh-huh. And we're entering into the auto-magical world. This technology is going to really, 10 years from now, 15 years of uh, most of the technology we see physically, the phones and everything else, are going to disappear. And it's going to be built into our environment, at least the upper mm-hmm. class will. And we'll start, see it descend to our society pretty soon. We won't work the same way. Hmm? It'll descend into, so it'll be, our technology is going to become our environment. It already has, but it's going to continue this process. Hmm? Awesome. Yeah. Do you think, um, like like with your, with your project, with the, uh, all your media, um, you know, with the TV, your, your, the video, the, the, the blogs, all the content, the classes, Mm -hmm. Um, what about integrating all that into a social network? So, so let me go ahead and say this. I no longer, so I want to become something else called a nexus. We're all going to create something called a nexus will be the next reality. And what it will be is that the social networks will feed off of those. Hmm? You will, you will have your own nexus where it'll cover Dozens of face, social networks. They're all social networks. Which school wasn't just a school. It was one of the earliest social networks where you can talk to people like yourself through forums and chat rooms, eventually through other methods. Hmm? Podcasting is a social network that allows people to hear you and interact with you. It's right. all a social network. Hmm? Right. But it'll be, I think what it'll do is you'll see the services come and go, just like they always have. But your nexus, your core and I, I think someday somebody, you'll buy into an AI system at some point. 
will be important. And then you'll connect into the social services. And the job of these social services will try to be to draw you into their nexus, their system, hmm? and get you to communicate with them. Uh-huh. The, per- the people that can make the best connections and make it feel the most real to you on a day-to-day basis is going to be the people who win, period. Hmm? Right. And if that's a nexus, if that's a um, social media. And that's what you're working towards, too. Actually, I'm working. Actually, the truth is, I'm waiting to building an afterlife system. I'm hoping that mm. this is the next to last step before I build an, uh, that we get to the point where we start building uploading systems. I'm hoping one po- component of that is that Pagan say that which remembers lives. Hmm? Uh-huh. I'm hoping that I'm creating a system in which we will not be forgotten forever. That that data, that knowledge will exist because this is all becoming beyond just being machines. It's becoming environmental. And when we add solar cells and self-repairing systems, these systems will never go away. They will become a form of life. The technium. Hmm? That would be like really cool. Like, well, I mean, I want yeah. you to do this. I want you to live, but it'll be kind of interesting to do a interview with you after you're dead. With Absolutely. Your, with, with your with your AI intelligence, I guess it would be, or whatever. That's my yeah, that's what I'm planning. We're actually um, yeah, actually, and there are companies that are actually beginning this process. Hmm? Yeah. So the, in, the internet's way more advanced than people think it is. What keeps everybody held back is they think there's a limit. And there is none. It's, the internet is nothing but, cyberspace is nothing but an imagination machine. And takes your, and a magician. So the core of a magician is, is to take whatever is in your head, the internal, and make it external. Hmm? Right. And that's all it is. If I want the weather to change, I think about it in my mind and the weather changes on the outside. Doesn't work that way. I'm just making a gross example. But for me, I want to. Uh, so for me, magic is off. For me, it's like I want to meet great people and I get good interviews. And you're one of the first people who came, helped me break out of my own field of area. And I imagined it first and then I went out and acted in a way. And now it's happened. Hmm? That's magic. It may be a pattern, it may be a process, but it's magic. And we're doing it through an inconceivable way. We're doing it through an internet that connects the entire world so that everybody can listen to us now and later. Hmm? Yes. That's magic. That's an imagination machine. And I can talk about big and pagan world. What if I told you that it's going to be, that eventually I hope it's a full VR world, hmm? that it evolves into a VR world and it stores people's memories and makes connections and does everything for that, kind of be a world right. in a galaxy of, of internet worlds. I think it's going to happen. So where's your imagination takes you? Hmm? Right. And if you can, and, 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 and it brings to reality, you know, all kinds of, you know, I mean, things that that you know, like like pagans and mystics and, and such. Of you know, obviously, I've always had some contact with you know spiritualism and Akashic records and 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 other entities and stuff like that. But but using technology opens, I don't know. I think not opens, but but solidifies the model. Maybe mm-hmm. the word for it. Yeah, I mean, there's a constant. So there's never going to be a moment for over the next ten to twenty years where this is going to be like stable. We're going to be the Wild West for a while. Uh-huh. So I always tell people that we're that we're probably in nineteen five, nineteen ten of the internet world. It'll be about another ten to twenty years before it really, about another twenty years before it really settles down. But remember, buy in now. It's the cheapest you're ever going to buy your land. And I'll tell you the, the pattern. 
first telegraphs were cheap toys, and then they became worldwide systems. Radio became, you know, it was amateur radios and became professionals. Too expensive for you to answer. You cannot build a radio, a terrestrial radio station today mm-hmm. without spending big bucks. But when you started, you just had to buy a box. Television was an amateur event until it became television. Early websites were amateur operations. And today, to build a really good website, you have to go to a service and spend or spend millions of dollars. Hmm? Right. So everything we're doing for almost free is going to have tremendous costs later. Wow. Hmm? And I just told you the pattern. Hmm? Yeah, that is fantastic. Right. right? So that if you're doing great. podcasting now and getting into monetize, there's going to be a day where they're going to charge thousands of dollars to people to get podcasts. Hmm? They will. Wow. Mm-hmm, because they control the traffic. That's mm-hmm. the key. Don't forget. So if I have any last thing to say to this, pay attention to your attention. If you're a podcaster, collect an email address. Own your show. Hmm? download it all of this information is golden precious and rare just because it feels like it's not because you're sitting around on the gold fields of uh california in 1849 and there are thousands of other guys looking for gold doesn't mean the gold you're producing isn't worth it you're comparing yourself to everybody else Hmm? yes yeah Hmm? absolutely absolutely and if they get gold terrific you all get gold terrific but your gold is valuable too. And it's right. not less because you didn't get as much or do it as well as everybody else. Right. And, and I also, you know, I, I know we got to wrap this up, but you know, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the more panning you do in the river, the more mm-hmm. gold you're going to find. And that's pretty and simple. <laughs> that's pretty simple. And what is that doing podcasts, doing memes, doing blogs, controlling them, and then producing out your content so that people can see it so they can get into what you're doing. Yes. And it's all for almost free. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, So I know you got to get going. Uh, Mm -hmm. Where can my listeners find you? Well, um, Ed the Pagan, anywhere. Ed the Pagan at Gmail, edthepagan.com is some of my sites. Um, Witch School, witchschool.com. If you want a free education in witchcraft, it's a great place. Um, And then, and, uh, I talk every day on Facebook. If you want to find me anywhere, if you want to hear my most of my noise, I, I do a lot on Facebook. But I'm Ed the Pagan everywhere. Hmm? All right. I thank uh, you for taking the time to come on today. It's, it's always oh, a pleasure having you, man. You're welcome I, here I, anytime. Oh, good. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. And I think that, uh, you do a great show. Thank and um, as I get closer to the Pagan, once I start announcing the Pagan uh, World stuff, I, I will let, I'll let you know and inform your users. Because uh, I think that um, it'll be a great way to, uh, I think it'll be a great way to to um help people i will yeah i mean it's definitely something we maybe we could work together a little bit on you know i'll promote that and you promote me you know sure commercial for you i i think that it is i think that i think the only thing in the world today is that we we're just haven't found out how to make the right connections with each other and that's becoming easier and easier yeah and i'm so grateful for that age well thank you and blessed be you too thanks have a great day Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. 
Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you loved what you listened to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.